0: Good morning. It's seven minutes after the hour on a think tank Thursday. Oh, we got a full boat. Dave Roland is going to be with us and uh, the Show Me Institute and the Republican National Committee. We've got... Uh, uh, let me tell you what I'm chuckling about here first. Uh, apparently, uh, the president is going to head to Pennsylvania to campaign with Fetter- Fetterman. And Brian and I were trying to figure out how that conversation would sound... <laughs> <laughs> it's bad enough when you hear either one of them speak by themselves. What is wrong with demanding for an easy, safe kind of their income? <laughs> and then, of course, you've got <laughs> mumbles in the White House who trails off. And they're just not, it's going to be the most uh, you are just not going to be able to understand them. Oh, Lord. All right, so we kick the program off. Jim Babka is going to be with us about 30 minutes with a mystery topic. Uh, I can't give you more details than that. We'll just have to wait and see. That's going to be at uh, the bottom of the hour at 935. In the meantime, the Kevin Jackson Network. Kevin Jackson joins us this morning. Hey, Kev, how are you?
1: Good, man. Isn't it fitting that Joe Biden and Fetterman are doing this together? Two guys who have, you know, that neither one should be in office because they're neither one's, Qualified by any standards, uh, certainly Fetterman. After his stroke, he should be completely eliminated himself. So, yet they're going to go there, and I mean it. It is funny, except that <laughs> they're going to represent in, in Biden's case millions of people, and in Fetterman's case, hundreds of thousands of Pennsylvanians, and, or millions of Pennsylvanians for that matter, as a potential senator who can't communicate and you know and is is obviously <laughs> impaired. But but it is fitting. That if anybody were to request by help, it would be the dude that's got a brain impairment. So,
0: hook 30 <laughs> minutes of conversation and you're not going to get anything. You're just not going to understand a
1: thing. You know, they, it would remind me of those two dudes on a, in Living Color when they would, the two prisoners, they would talk about, you know, like they, they would reach out and touch someone and they would, with the philosophizing of the common, in, common sense of the manifestation, you know, no, nothing being said. <laughs>
0: Oh, that is going to be some. That is going to be. I want to watch that, boy. I tell you,
1: uh, <laughs> that could be pay per view. They could raise a lot of money for the DNC. <laughs> and
0: how would you like to be the one that has to translate everything for the deaf? You know, using hand signals. Oh, you know,
1: they should get. They should get that dude. Remember that guy who did the the, the, the <laughs> yeah, hand in signaling for Obama, <laughs> 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 but he had, was making no sense. <laughs>
0: Somebody, somebody's going to come away with carpal tunnel syndrome trying to trying to. Right.
1: I, I can just see one of those deaf interpreters just throwing their hands up, "What do you want me to do
2: here?" The two of them campaigning. I quit. I quit right in the middle of it. I quit.
1: <laughs>
0: oh. That's just too funny (laughs) to imagine. But they're going to be campaigning together. Uh, I'm not a big Oz fan, but I'd rather him than Fetterman. And it looks like uh, he's within two points. That's the margin of error. And I think they undersample Republicans. Uh, I think
1: that, but there's also just, you know, Gary, and I think you know this, and they talk about it in sports as well. You don't want to peak early. You know, you want things to go. And so I heard, I think it was Jim McLaughlin talking about why Democrats don't want to debate Republicans right now. And they said it's issues. I mean, Fetterman's big issue right now in Pennsylvania is crime. You know, you're losing Democrats because you got these lax DAs, you know, like Gascon in L.A. and places like that. You got Kimberly. I mean, what's her name in a, in, in a, uh, Missouri there in, in St. Louis? and people are watching this and they're looking at the crime rates go up and they're looking at the border situation and how people like uh, Eric um, Garner is, uh, I'm sorry, Eric uh, Adams is reacting to that in New York City and elsewhere. And they're, they're, they're coming to the realization that, you know what, these people don't care about us. Gabby Gifford leaving the Democratic Party, I told some folks, I said, that's a bigger deal than you think. And I don't know if you saw AOC get attacked. And what did the guys say? you don't have the guts of Gabby Gifford. Uh, Not Gabby Gabby, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, The Polynesian lady that ran for the Democrats.
0: Oh, I'm going to leave you hanging on this one. I am. Hey, listen. Uh, Speaking of Mark
1: Kelly's wife, Gabby Gifford, but... uh, Speaking of crime,
0: speaking of crime, uh, Kevin, you do not, if somebody is, like, on the 4th of July, you don't want to be jogging uh, past Vetterman's house uh, because he'll come out with a (laughs) shotgun and chase you down because you're you're a black man. And, well, we
1: yeah, know, right at, away. That. Yeah, look at that Nuri, what's her name, the lady that was part of the L.A., uh, I don't know, you know, Los Angeles something school board or whatever. But, you know, she, oh, you know, talking about black folks and whatever else. See, Democrats, when you finally get them to admit what they're about, you you, you get their true color. I'm going to tell you, the, the, you like or hate Trump, he threatened that dirt out of these people and you're getting to see it front and center even the truth they try look they tried abortion they've tried election deniers uh they've tried they've thrown everything at the republicans they can't get any anything to stick why because the two biggest issues and we talked about this the other week the two biggest issues are inflation and crime rate those are two biggest issues then go go dig deeper in arizona and texas and places like that it's illegal immigration border go deeper and look at what those things cause the illegal immigration and the border issue creates a, a glut at the you know there's no room at the hospital you got welfare and you know issues you got education issues so people are getting it and that's why the tulsi gabbards of the world are making a huge impact and you're seeing this mass exodus. I don't think I've seen any poll outside of uh, supposedly educated women who like Biden, and his numbers are slipping. He can't get Biden's lucky to be at forty percent. I don't even think he's at forty percent approval.
0: Uh, with that in mind, and, and congratulations, you got Tulsi's name. Uh, it finally popped in.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> let's uh, let me let me, me get a, a... Put
1: Biden on you and just
0: keep going. Yeah, uh, I hear uh,
1: a uh, D- uh, gabber girl.
0: <laughs> so let me. I got a caller wants to chat with me. So if you'll just be patient uh, yeah, for a go minute,
1: ahead. you do All that. Right. I got something to do anyway.
0: All right, Gary, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Great. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Doing well.
1: Y'all, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, y'all didn't get the memo of where this campaign rally was being held. It's so, oh. it's at a kindergarten class for English, as a second language immigrants that have been <laughs> uh, moved up from Mexico, and they're all going to lick on ice cream cones and have a conversation. <laughs> I, and, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, you need to look on the Democrat national website so you can get these things and get them right. That's really funny. That's very clever. Now, here's the deal. So it's be, it's a private fundraiser. He's not campaigning for this guy, at least not anything I saw. It's a private fundraiser. So it's going to be behind closed doors. You can get that.
0: Cell phones <laughs> because they are not going to let that freak show hit the airwaves, man. Oh, no, not at all. All right, yeah. we we got a a quick break here. We got to take. And then we're going to come back, talk a little bit about oil. Had a debate yesterday with uh, Eric the Liberal about oil. Uh, he just doesn't get it, uh, but the Wall Street Journal does. So I'll share some of that information. With Kevin Jackson, the Kevin Jackson Network. On the Gary Nolan Show, it's the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 19 minutes after 9 o'clock. Kevin Jackson, the Kevin Jackson Network. Jim Babka is going to be with us about, uh, about 15 minutes from now with a mystery topic. We'll have to just wait and see because I literally, I talked to him this morning. He would not tell me. Uh, Kevin, the administration has been uh, topping the uh, Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And uh, they just announced uh, yesterday they're they're going to they're going to uh, send some more oil out there. But the president said it's not political, and clearly you believe him.
1: Oh yeah 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 of course I do yeah because yeah, he yeah. you know he he's the most truthful guy to ever be in office. I rate him up there with Bob Mueller and Jim Comey and Eric Holder. <laughs> I mean you know those guys
0: <laughs> right up there with the with the bottom of the of the crew. Okay. Um,
1: and he
0: calls this uh, Putin's price hike, but <laughs> Russian, Russian exports dropped by about 560,000 barrels a day from pre-Ukraine war levels. Um, global supply is 101 million barrels a day. That 560,000 is not the reason. The price of oil is going up and gasoline is going up in this country. Um, it's... Policies like ESG that are deterring uh, uh, oil companies uh, from drilling for oil. Not to mention the, the permits and all that stuff that uh, make it difficult for them and uh, and well, challenging.
1: Well, look here is the, the beautiful thing about what Biden's done is we had gas average gas price two dollars and thirty eight cents under Trump. Now it's well over a dollar fifty. Over that, it's been double that at some point. Um, and probably, you know, with no end in sight, nothing that he's doing is fixing it. And here's what everybody can remember. Here's what, if I were running, if I were a Republican running, uh, the, the RNC or GOP, it's a simple thing. We had energy independence under Trump. Now we have energy volatility under Biden. That simple. He can talk about making cobalt batteries and battery for EVs and things like that till he's blue in the face. I would talk about the blackouts and brownouts running through California. As soon as the price of, of heating oil and all that goes up in the winter and people are freezing and, or if God forbid, freezing to death, I would be running commercials saying this is the result of Joe Biden's policies. The same way when I think about the border, and I, I called Mark Kelly, the senator here in Arizona, the biggest human trafficker on the planet. He's allowing for these cartels to grow from five hundred. A million or whatever. I, I know they said it's been an exponential growth in human trafficking because of them because it's such a big market to bring people to the United States and hold them as slaves. So they, they own all this stuff. And we I can tell you, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I've never seen a bigger divide between us and them than right now.
0: No, I can't say you're wrong. It's huge. And it's uh, yeah. and it's not ending. But this oil it's thing... growing. Yeah, it is. Uh, and uh, there's talk of... Uh, uh, and, and it's not just the Republicans saying we want a separate state. Uh, we're seeing uh, progressives, liberals, saying they want to separate from us, too. Uh, it'd One be of the a-
1: things that will be surprising, not to stop, because I know you're headed to a different topic, but I saw a thing that said they tried to get this whole election deniers and J- there's J6 hearings and all that, which went, o- you know, went over like a pregnant pole vaulter. But what we're finding is... Not only are Republicans now standing their ground, Kerry Lake and people like that are standing their ground and saying, yeah, we think there was a cheat. They have independents. Thirty nine percent of independents say I'd vote for a person that said, you know, that, in other words, if you want to make that a, an eliminating factor, not nah, it's not one for me. said thirty nine percent of independents. But e- there's a smaller number of Democrats. And this is what's most worrisome to the Democrats. It said, you know what? I don't even care about that issue. So when they looked at J6, election deniers and all that, it isn't working. Abortion didn't work. Uh, They begged Stacey Abrams to back off of that subject because it's not working. And I could go Uh, on. Did Uh, you hear Stacey Abrams' latest? Um, Yeah. that, That we need abortion
0: because the price of gas is so high?
1: Sure. The economics of abortion is, you know, women are women. The reason why we have to allow women to kill babies is because if they have these babies, they can't afford to feed them. They can't afford to put gas in their cars. So um I ask a simple question, Gary. Well, then, why are so many women still having babies? Because you know who's mostly on welfare rolls? Single moms. They had the opportunity to abort. Uh, There was no, you know, there's no uh, law against it up to, you know, and there still isn't for that matter. But there's no law against it. Why are so many single women, during the time when they could all have abortions, why did they have them? Why Why are their kids the ones who are in prison for the most part? It's an, it, The economic issue is whether you have abortion or don't have abortion, these women are having their babies, and we're being forced to take care of them. How about we do this? How about we say, you know what? You have a baby. you got to take care of it. How about that?
0: No. That, well, what a bizarre idea. I know. that will never sell.
1: <laughs> but, so, you know. The, the la- look, the lady's crazy. And, and, uh, and that's why she's getting more desperate and making a lot more mistakes, too, by the way.
0: Yeah, I think that, uh, it, and I made the prediction, and, and I guess the listeners probably tired of hearing it. That I believe that that the uh, Republicans will win the Senate, and I think they're going to win think. in Georgia as well. I agree. <laughs> and the reason I think they're going to win in Georgia uh, because a they always undersample Republicans, and b I think the governor has coattails, uh, and I think uh, that 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 brings them over the edge. That's the that's the race I'm most concerned about uh I'm pretty sure Vance is gonna win. I, I think
1: Kemp yeah, I, I agree with you by the way. I, I I think Kemp has a probably will have a bigger because he's got such a, a terrible and I could say the same with Carrie Lake too and I'll get to her in a second, but because he's got such a terrible candidate in Stacey Abrams, there'll be some coattails. Herschel's probably not doing himself any favors, but I think that the average Republican will go straight ticket. I think the independents are the ones that are looking at this objectively and saying, look, R versus D, I'll take R. And I think they're going to go 60 to 40, easy. Uh, In Georgia and everywhere else, I think the biggest coattail effect, though, will be Carrie Lake with Blake Masters in terms of Senate and, and, um, you know, governor and congressional candidate. I think it'll be here in Arizona. I think Mark Kelly's got a lot of work to do because he he was leading by double digits. And now it's a statistical tie. And Blake just keeps going little by little. And not only that, he cleaned his clock in the uh, in the debate. Cause they're afraid to debate why they have no issues. The two biggest issues, as I said, inflation and crime add to that in Arizona, you got, you know, illegal immigration. Georgia's got a little bit of that, that they're dealing with. Then look at any other issue. Democrats have no, there's no mama's milk for them anywhere with under Biden.
0: You know, one of the things that I think we all got wrong, and I'm talking about, uh, not just us, but the, uh, the Democrats too, is, uh, the, uh, the position that Biden took about standing back at the border and letting these people come in just willy-nilly any way they could, I think that the Democrat thought was, gee, these people were, are going to be voting. The Hispanic community is going to vote for us in larger numbers because they view us as willing to br- take them into the country.
1: That that backfired on the on the actual American you know of Hispanic descent. Yeah. But I think the bigger issue was when Texas and and uh, Florida started sending them around and drawing attention to look what happens when we send a handful of these guys to Martha's Vineyard, and suddenly what was kind of a limited thing you know something you only thought about a little bit you know it, it wasn't a major issue for you. Is now in the forefront of wow, they only got 50 and they freaked out like that. Look at how many Arizona gets, look at how many Texas gets, look how many New Mexico, you know. Suddenly now it became a massive issue, you know, at the very, at the forefront. And then people started to notice it. You know, a little bit more. English is a second language. What happens in the with the hospital system, the welfare systems? And so, yeah, they, he has not done himself any favors undoing all the Trump stuff. And then in some cases, having to do it, having to bring back the Trump initiatives to try to save face. So, yeah, man, I, I agree with you. I think we win the Senate. And here's what's sad, Gary we shouldn't even be talking about this. We should be dominating. We should be saying, you know what, not only are we going to win the Senate, it'll be 57 to 43. We're going to win the House. And Democrats are so much on the run, they may not be in power for decades. Because if you look at what they've done, there's nothing they can point at and say this led to a logical conclusion. Defund the police? Look at look at the outcome of these things. You want to get rid of handguns? Look at the, the what they do. They keep their guns and try to take away yours. I could go issue by issue, and you will not get one winning issue on the left.
0: Well, it's, it's amusing that the governor of Texas sends a few hundred immigrants to New York, and there's a great big hoopla. But the Democrat yeah. mayor, I think he's from El Paso, Literally sent uh, thousands, uh, a couple thousand uh, uh, immigrants
1: uh, north, and
0: nobody says anything.
1: Nobody says a word then. No. And when Obama was, dro- you know, and Biden both were dropping these people in the dark of night, nobody said a word. But it's, it's and, and that's the beauty of it is the, these the guys that are using, and I'm going to call it innovative Trumpian like thinking to solve the problem are the ones getting the press, the Abbott's and the and the DeSantis's of the world. And now others are starting to take notice. I mean, Ted Cruz is starting to come out of his shell a little bit on things he's saying and doing. I was with Ted uh, about 10 days ago, two weeks ago, and he gave a fiery speech on what he's doing and the legislation he's introducing in certain areas. And it's it, it's refreshing that they're finally really addressing this stuff. So look, All we right, have listen. a lot to look forward I'm, to.
0: I got seconds left. I'm almost out of time prediction on the senate how many seats do the uh, senate uh, lean republican how many how many seats do they uh, take for
1: the majority i think we we we're lucky if we get 2 if we end up like 52 48 something like that i'd be happy with that for starters yeah that's right it'll it'll swing again
0: Well, damn that's exactly where i was going to land that uh, <laughs> that takes away another shot at we winning another on two state this
1: show gary that's pretty de- that's scary
0: man <laughs> kevin jackson the kevin jackson care, network brother. Thanks, Kev. All right, coming up, Jim Babka, mystery topic. We'll find out next. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is uh, 35 minutes after 9 o'clock. And uh, before I bring Jim Babka on on Think Tank Thursday, I'm going to play a little bit. uh, This is a five-year-old kid. And we'll talk about this later in the program. But I want you to listen to this. Pianist is five years old. The music, mu- this, the video is apparently not new. It's been around for a while, but he's only five years old. And I've got a question about this, and I'll I'll talk about it uh, in the final hour of the program, and see what you think. In the meantime, Jim Babka is with us, and uh, you can look him up on YouTube. He's got a YouTube channel there. It's always interesting and fun uh, to listen uh, to uh, Grace Arkey. And he joins us now with a mystery topic. Usually, it's the shoe on the other foot, and we throw something out at him. Jim, welcome. How are you?
2: I'm great. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. <laughs> what? Uh, no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead. No, that's. Let's, let's, we'll wait. I, I'm waiting for a question.
0: Well, you, you are. What's your mystery topic?
2: Well, you know, I'm not the host <laughs> of the show, so I'm not going to worry about still it. still a
0: mystery, I, could, I think. I could,
2: you know, I can sit here and do this all day, because at my rate of pay, it really doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> well, we're only paying you what you're worth.
2: Exactly. Um, so I can keep doing this.
0: So, uh, let me, now I have to explain that, that you and I chatted earlier this morning, and you had a topic, and it, and it slipped your mind.
2: It slipped my mind.
0: Uh, and I said, well, it'll probably come back to you by the time we do the show. And it, apparently has not it has not <laughs> all right well jim thank you for being with us always yeah, a pleasure yeah very really informative
2: listen i hope i get a lovely parting prize
0: <laughs> last week last week in this segment you were on with dave Roland. and uh, you and dave Roland are are two in my mind uh out of the box thinkers uh, and, and, and really fascinating I to listen
2: I say that to all your guests
0: no I don't, I really don't uh, and I mean this seriously I, I really respect uh, the way you think uh, your mind works in strange and mysterious ways It's and so does Dave and the two of you had a discussion about Russia and Ukraine and my question to you is Did he change your mind at all? I mean, over the course of the week, have you thought about that and decided that uh, maybe it is in our best interest to support Ukraine?
2: No. No, no, he didn't change my mind at all. Um, Politicians, uh, so, you know, back in the 90s, I would watch uh, uh, these late-night infomercials where you could buy real estate for no money down. And I ended up ordering one of the courses, and I got into it, and I went out and did it. I went out and bought real estate for no money down. I literally did what they showed you on television, you walk away with from the closing with some money in your hand. It turns out it's real easy to get real estate. I mean, it's incredibly easy. It is very, very hard to get out when it's bad. And there's a reason that you can get stuff no money down. And it's because somebody else is very, very desperate to sell. So, you go out, there's no irony lost here, right? Uh, go out looking for a desperate seller, and you go as the in to buy, and you think you just nailed the world, but maybe you become the desperate seller. You see what I'm saying? Well, here's the case with the war. We, our government, <clears throat> I don't want to say we, I don't do this, you don't do this, is eager to run us into war. And frankly, too many American people are willing to jump quickly in the war, too. And I think the statement that I made that kind of sparked Dave was. I made a comment that everybody was very eager to get in this, don't forget all the flags that people put up on their Facebook profiles back in February and March. And he's like, well, I'm one of those people. And I didn't mean to offend him or anybody else that's listening that did the same thing, but it's just so easy for us to think, well, this time it's going to be different. Uh, I think there's real concern. Uh, I think it's probably the most significant concern we've had. Maybe there's three or four times that have been maybe, maybe worse of nuclear war. I think that, this, w- that uh, this is a dangerous situation and that this particular president not only tried to do what he could to get us into war, but he has tried to do what he, is, what he can to escalate the war <clears throat> at almost every juncture. And I think this brinksmanship is incredibly, incredibly dangerous.
0: I, you know, I think Americans um, feel sorry for the underdog and they're looking at Ukraine and I'm no big fan of Ukraine either they're not a great free loving republic but they look at Ukraine and they and they think this little tiny country that doesn't really stand a chance against uh the big russian uh military uh, we don't want to see them get crushed right right and so we're going to
2: run to their to their aid and i think and, that's and but that's why, why and most I don't Americans It's inf- completely fine for him to go run to their aid, or for anyone who feels that that's what they should do, but it's not a good idea, and we have tons of history to back this up, for the politicians to do it. So I'll reference another story that I didn't get to tell last week. You know, you bring up Russia. Well, Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan. And we were told that there was a group of people there called Freedom Fighters who were ready to fight the Soviet invasion. If only we would arm them. We trained them in war, we gave them the tools necessary to do it, and bada bing bada boom, you go, go down the road, we end up having nine eleven, and the base of operations Afghanistan. And we end up fighting the very same people that at one point in time were supposedly freedom fighters that were on our side. So. We get in our situation where we're gonna defend these underdogs, and we're gonna take on these problems, <clears throat> and we find ourselves creating the seeds of trouble down the road. And when the trouble comes, the sad thing is that most people don't connect the trouble of the present time to the event in the past that provoked it. And we just don't ever seem to learn that lesson.
0: Yeah, I, uh, What is you know what would be the, uh, the outcome if we didn't get involved Russia would have crushed Ukraine. It would have taken over. By now, it it would long since be over.
2: No, it wouldn't. Why? Why do you think that?
0: I think the major uh, military actions. Okay,
2: the major military actions might be over. But I mean, you know what a gift we got when we took over Iraq, right? Oh man, what a blessing that was. (laughs) Yeah, they would. You You think you think that Russia would be enjoying the blessings of governing Ukraine?
0: Well, they did it before under the Soviet Union.
2: Oh, and look how swimmingly that went.
0: Well, the Soviet Union's collapse wasn't because they took over Ukraine, and it wasn't no. like the
2: Ukraine. Uh, like no, they I, but I'm saying that there's just no there's just no conceivable way in this day and age anymore. I and mean, everybody's learned the lessons that Vietnam and Afghanistan have taught, and that is that guerrilla warfare <coughs> works, and. Uh, people can go out and live their lives and be with their family and they can go be freedom fighters for a few hours, cause tremendous damage, and then go back to work. It's it's uh, it's terrible. Governments spend tons of money for their professional militaries and they can be undone with some tools that you get at Radio Shack and a, and, and a sporting goods store.
0: Well, didn't the French underground try to do that to Nazi Germany? It wasn't... Uh... It wasn't the French underground that, that crushed Nazi Germany. It was well, not, Great so Britain and the United is States. The
2: problem is that, and this is what happened in Dave's conversation. Every time we have a conversation like this, somebody brings up Nazi Germany, as if all wars were that same war. And even in that case, what they're failing to account for is that World War One gave us what we call World War Two. Winston Churchill, no less than Winston Churchill, suggested that they are not two different wars. They're the same war with a gap, a, a pause in between. Hitler was a soldier in World War I, aggrieved and upset at his government's handling of the war and their surrender, and wanting to, after a disastrous peace treaty that was incredibly punitive to the German people, wanting to very much bring back, restore national pride. And that's the, those are the waves that he rode in on. We uh, it was it was world policy. It was the United States' uh, money monetary policy and our entry into World War One that led to the rise of Hitler.
0: Well, we didn't. Uh, we weren't uh, signatories on the Treaty of
2: Versailles, uh, so but we were there steering all the mechanism for it. Wilson was was determined at every juncture to get his. In his version of the treaty implemented, particularly his League of Nations. That was the big thing for him. What, what, what the, his partners wanted was to punish Germany and take away their, their military and take away their pride. And so the, the, the punishment was severe economic s- s- sanctions and reparations. They punished them good and hard. Look where it got us. So all I'm saying here is, not every number one, not every war is World War II. And World War II didn't have to happen. It was a result of the biggest mistake in U.S. foreign policy history.
0: What if we had not gone in uh, on the side of Great Britain uh, during World War II? What would have happened, or during World War One? What? How would the outcome have changed?
2: Well, on, the, on World War II, mm. we already know the answer to World that. World War uh, One, The Soviet Union would have eventually defeated Germany. And essentially, they did end up defeating Germany. Uh, they took over a significant portion of Europe, and we permitted that to happen. Our government did. I shouldn't say, I keep saying we, it's not we. Well, I'm, what I'm trying to figure out is, if, if we, we hadn't gotten one, involved, if, if we Wilson World War I would have ended in a stalemate. They were ready to go to peace. It was a stupid, very dumbly fought war of attrition. Uh, this, that it reached an, an, an epic anti-war sentiment on all sides was was growing. And uh, um, and it would have it would have ended in a stalemate, and we would not have had the Soviet Union more than likely as a result. That's another one of the things that happened out of World War One.
0: So you know that there are probably half the audience right now saying Jim Babka is an isolationist.
2: <laughs> yes, because I believe in, in in people being able to migrate to the greatest country on earth. Because I believe in. Free trade, yes, because I want to have conversations with people and talk. You know, I, I in fact, one of my greatest admirations in, in, in the history of isolationism was that time that Donald Trump went over and talked to uh, Kim Jong-un. You know, Obama said we can't talk to him, and he says on the way out of office, this is the most dangerous foreign policy threat we've had. Uh, it's this really, really scary stuff. This dude has nukes. And... Uh, a year into Trump's administration, that's, that's over. And then a couple of weeks ago, the nuke tests are back because, you know, I mean, we need to be, you know, (laughs) this isolationism of, of not using your military first, not going and attacking it. it's the slightest provocation or amping the volume or refusing to talk. I mean, why is it that people who believe what I believe get called isolationists? And somebody like Biden, who refuses to sit down and talk, use diplomacy, have conversations, expand trade, why is he considered not an isolationist? He's far more
0: isolated. I'm up against the clock, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about oil, because uh, we're trying to get Venezuela, uh, we're trying to lift sanctions to buy Venezuelan oil to cover up our shortfall. And I'm curious to see what a guy like Jim Babka thinks about that idea. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 9.53, and uh, coming up, the Show Me Institute is going to be on board. Uh, David Stokes is going to be with us. He's the director of municipal policy over at the Show Me Institute. And apparently there's a land bank uh, question going on. They tried it in Springfield earlier in the year. Uh, Apparently St. Louis... uh, we're going to kick that around uh, along with a couple of other topics dealing with taxes, but I'm curious about this land bank issue, uh, and we'll we'll cover that uh, with the Show Me Institute. Jim Babka is with us, uh, Grace Arkey, on uh, YouTube, and I'm telling you, it is informative, uh, and it is his, his out-of-the-box thinking that makes it so entertaining. So right now we have uh, a problem producing oil. We've got ESG, it's diminishing uh, investment. Uh, the, the, the administration is sending clear signals that they don't want people drilling for oil. Uh, we've got states that are banning the sale of cars with internal combustion engines. Uh, so now the, uh, the problem is, since we have literally tens of millions more cars that are running on gasoline, we gotta, we got to find a way to, to bring some oil into the country. And so the administration is going down Uh, ...to South America and going after a guy that we have uh, berated as a despot and a socialist and, well, now we're going to lift sanctions against his country and try and buy oil from him. Good idea or bad?
2: I'm not a fan of sanctions in general. Um, But if you are at war, and we are, it's an undeclared war, but we're at war with with Russia... Uh, You have to make some choices. We're not at war with Venezuela at the moment. So, you know, to keep the oil flowing, it's either, you know, Russian oil or it's Venezuelan oil. And they're making a choice. Uh, You listed a parade of things that are going on that are completely upside down. And the degree to which we'd already managed to shoot ourselves in one foot and, you know, we're busy, you know, aiming at the other at the moment. So, you know, if those actions hadn't been undertaken, where might we be? Uh, We should have, in fact, we had largely arrived at a state of energy independence where this shouldn't have been as as big a deal for us. It was still going to, however, be a big deal for Europe. And somehow or other, oil's got to get there, too.
0: Well, we, uh, the United States, used to be the swing producer. Uh, We produced enough oil that if one of the other countries cut back, we could just make up for it uh we are of yeah, course not, not putting, doing new, it we're now. not
2: putting new refineries online we're keeping them from being opened yeah it's esg drive is. cars is the the, the the exactly and these drive this drive to uh electrify cars is another disaster in the making because we're not willing to go nuke so i i don't understand like th- th- none of this makes any sense to me this all feels like a very anti-human agenda and you see this you know <clears throat> you see the way they handled covid uh, which probably leaked out of a lab in the first place, and it was gov- out of a government-funded project. And you see how that's all been handled. And then, you know, that was handled in a very anti-human fashion. And look at where we end up today. We lost our values in the midst of all of that. Now we're going to war, and we're putting the whole planet at risk of nuclear war. And we've got these policies that are designed to crush people on fixed incomes, poor, the young, and you know, people who, you know, uh, buying their food and buying their fuel is a big portion of their uh, of their income and they're getting crushed by inflation in these places and by energy policy in these places and by the constant rat- saber rattling that's going on it's really pretty appalling honestly how how cruel and, and anti-life uh... the politicians have become and by the way this is on both sides because the republicans are saying yeah we're all for this war in ukraine i mean they really are behind it too but at the same time, they don't want to free up these oil reserves. I mean, it's their their goal at every juncture to try to find ways to get us in deeper into war too. It's yeah, just, the whole thing is just really sickening. But
0: my question, the root of my question is, uh, you believe in free trade, and you also think that uh, uh, you know you, we shouldn't get involved
2: in foreign policy. Uh, well, we but, shouldn't be we shouldn't be dictating to other nations yeah, how right, they should but, run through force through coercive means.
0: So, does it matter if we buy oil from Venezuela, even though we say that it's you know a dictatorship and he's a despot? And
2: no, actually, what you would want to have trade into the country because number one, you still want these poor people to be able to eat somehow if there is a way for that to happen. And two, you want to maintain relations and try the best you can by using trade to not only uh, to establish a relationship and, and, and export your culture uh, into the system. And this, this by the way, would have worked. We have the example of Cuba and how it didn't work. Uh, that's glaring at us. And yeah, it's the, not working in Russia. Public, it ain't well. working in
0: Venezuela, and it didn't work in Cuba. Points right. well made, Jim. I am clean out of time. Uh, I wish you'd uh, brought your own topic to the table, but at your age... nothing... It's, it's too
2: bad we had nothing to talk about. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jim Petka, Grace Arkey on YouTube. All right, Show Me Institute is next. Land, bank, what, what why is this an issue now? This is the Gary Nolan Show.